Okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch Buster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Yeah, all right. Welcome to the Wolf and Luke Show on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Luke, how you doing over there? Doing good. Wolf didn't get stung by anything this weekend, so that's command a and control. Are you ready to broadcast on this Monday, Rick? You're back in the saddle. Are you ready to broadcast, Rick? Yes, Mel, you're back from your month-long odyssey in Maui. Are you ready to broadcast, Mel? <laughs> Let's do it. Here we go. The Suns had a game last night in Oklahoma City. Luke, they looked really, really good. Your thoughts on what you saw last night, what you liked, what you hated. Speak into the microphone because oh, the yeah. basin God. awaits your oh, comments. Wow. Wow. That's quite the setup, Wolf. Um, look, I, I like what I saw from Kevin Durant, that's for sure. Oh, you're breaking character. <laughs> you did it. You did it. You just drove. So I will tell you this. I knew that was going to happen. So I was at the grocery store. Um, I think it was Friday. I was at the grocery store. And there was the butcher. And he said, how was your vacation? I let him know. And then he said, you know, Wolf and Luke said Wolf's going to drive just to mess oh, with you. Sold out. Are you serious? Yeah. Yep. The butcher? <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, the butcher got us. Goodness. Man. Doggone it, man. You pulled was, it off, I couldn't dude. look you, at you. I know. I couldn't look at anybody, <laughs> as a matter of fact. I just could not do it. I got it. To pull back the curtain, I wrote, like, just kind of a quick open for Wolf's like, no, I already got one. <laughs> no. I already got one set up. Yes. So then we decided the only way we can do this without breaking character is I said, don't look at Maloney. Because okay, I didn't realize right. the butcher had tipped her off. Right. It feels, like a, butcher. feels like a mafia movie. Unbelievable. Now. But then Wolf decided, nobody look at anybody. That's how we won't break character. It's <laughs> just incredible. That is huge right there. You know what's amazing? The Butcher right now, right? I once had a buddy, Rob Monaco, of course. Rob Monaco, a teammate. And one time, right before Thanksgiving, everybody set us up. All the veterans on the team, back when I was playing for the St. Louis Cardinals, it was actually in St. Louis. All the veterans set us up where you had to go get a turkey. I, I, I usually tell this story on, around Thanksgiving, of mm-hmm. course, but you had to go get a turkey. And all you had to do was fill out the turkey. You know, how many pounds you wanted. Yeah. So Rob Monaco had filled this whole thing out. The year, of course, was 1985. Oh, early I today. was playing for the St. Louis Cardinals then. And there's Rob Monaco, the center, out of Vanderbilt. Drafted in the 11th round, if you can imagine that. And he goes to get his turkey. And suddenly the butcher says to him, I don't know what you're talking about. You don't get a free turkey. You don't get it. Rob Monaco said, no, the veteran said I, can't. I had to come to this. I had to come to this store and get this turkey. And he took the turkey, the display turkey that was up on the thing, and he walked out with the display turkey. And all of a sudden, they had to come get him and tell him he'd been spoofed. Yeah, The year was 1985, of course, and I was playing for the St. Louis Cardinals. Do you think it was the same butcher? Probably not the same butcher. The gobble, gobble story, of course. I'll tell it again in November if we're still on the air. (laughs) 11th round? 11th round, yeah. That's back when they had 12. Is that what we're going to get for DeAndre Hopkins? Is that where we're headed with <laughs> Um 
This just proves we That's really bad. we really thought we were, we were one step ahead of Maloney. And as it turns out, uh, we were not. Aaron, you have to go back to Hawaii for another three weeks so we can plan something else. Yeah. Maybe our weakness was mentioning our top secret plan over the air for the entire city to hear. Yeah, but I mean, honestly, how did we know somebody was going to sit there and say, hey, by the way, Wolf and look, they're going to spoof. Aaron you know? knows everybody. Give me a break. Really? I, I thought I was smart thinking, knowing that Aaron wasn't back in the mainland yet so we could say whatever we wanted. But yeah, okay, She got great. us again. Right. Hey, you know what? I did set you up, though. <laughs> That's true. Nicely, if I say so myself. What, what did you think? Your first impression right now of what you saw from the Suns last night? I just most surface level, if Kevin Durant's going to play like that, I don't see them losing a lot of best of seven series. I really do. He's gotten better each of the three games since he's come back. That block on SGA, you and I both agreed before the show, we could just do an entire show on that block on SGA. Imagine if that was a playoff game. Oh my goodness. Um, unbelievable play by there, Kevin Durant. I know there is concern that they're not blowing teams out and they're getting big leads and letting them slip away and that's fine and we'll, we can talk about that but the bottom line Wolf is they're 6-0 and with Kevin Durant's yeah, you know, it's... Look, I, I do not want to get cocky at all. I do not. You don't want to get overconfident. You don't. Well, now this that you're is, a driver, too. You're, ta- <laughs> you're talking about the highest level that human beings can play the game of basketball. This is going to be hard, Basinonians. It's going to be really, really hard for the Phoenix Suns to win a championship. Ron Wolfley reporting. This is going to be in doubt. It is in doubt right now. There are no sure things. There are no absolutes when you talk about competing at the highest level our species can can generate. At a championship level, no less. There's no way, Luke, you can you can talk about that with any certitude whatsoever. But right now, it looks really, really good the way this team is able to win games. That was on display again last night in terms of they, they seem to be in control of this game. The entire game, even when the Thunder cut it to four points in the fourth quarter, you're thinking, okay, okay, this is they, every time the Thunder got close, all of a sudden the Suns handled their business and pushed it back to double digits. Because it feel, well, it doesn't feel like it. It's the truth. They have two go-to scorers they can go to any time that the game gets too close. And Kevin Durant's numbers in six games. Now, okay, we all remember last Wednesday's game against Minnesota. That, that it was his worst game as a son. It wasn't bad. It was one of his worst games probably of the season. Even with that game mixed in. He's shooting sixty over 60% from the field as a son, averaging 27 points a game, and shooting 52% from three. Sold. I mean, and they're undefeated. They are undefeated. I told you this before the show. I keep getting tweets from people that are like, boy, that's going to go down as the worst trade in Arizona history. I get it. We all love Mikel Bridges. But when I see, hey, Mikel had 30 points. KD had 35. The yeah. Suns haven't lost a game yet. Yeah, right. And, oh, by the way, you still have KD for three more years. Now, I understand the injury situation yeah, there's, there's that is nuance. out there. And you I get had, it. Oh, you had Mikael Bridges. How many games has Mikael Bridges missed? Uh, none ever. Uh, <laughs> none ever. <laughs> and you've got to say that just the way Luke said that, too. you got to say, oh, none ever. And it's true. And it is true right there. So I, I, I totally understand that. But can I just say this right now? This is, this is my personal belief. Mikael Bridges never becomes the guy that we're seeing in Brooklyn right now if he's here. 
I think that's yeah, that's uh, I'm I'm just going to say that. I the only caveat I'll put to that and I'm I'm with you. I agree with you. When Booker was out, when everybody was out, I feel like he started to become this player, but you're 100% right. When the Suns are at full strength, he's never he's never in a position to become that player. There's a reason he stepped into Brooklyn and is Im- immediately amazing. This is not an I anti-Mikel thing. No, no, I love this for Mikel Bridges, Basinonians, that he's experiencing this kind of success with the Brooklyn Nets. He's growing as a human being, as a man, growing as a player. All of that goodness because he's been given the opportunity to do it. Where that was not going to happen here, in my opinion. Did you see that shot against uh, Atlanta over the, the weekend? Where I did not. It, 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 so, like, I think he is actually the one that originally shot it, and it was kind of going out of bounds, right? So, to, like, to the left of the hoop, it's about to go out of bounds. He just kind of grabs it with one hand, basically behind the hoop from, I don't know, what, 12 feet away, and just swish. I mean, Mikel Bridges is playing out of his mind. He is. But playing very well. I would rather, what are the, the Nets have lost a lot of games since Mikel Bridges got there. Like, it's a, you can't do it as one guy. Even as great as he has been, they've lost a lot of games to the point where I'm trying to count on the air and I've lost count. The Suns have lost zero with Kevin Durant in the lineup. Now, are they going to go undefeated all the way? No, obviously yeah. not. But if you're losing zero games, I find it hard to believe that, say, the Clippers are going to beat them in four out of seven games. Okay. Mel, look at me. Was it really the butcher? Yeah, the guy at the meat counter. (laughs) (laughs) She's just so smug about it, too. That was Wolf's best acting performance. Oh! Now you can just do it when Luke's gone. (laughs) Yeah, right. You're so funny. You want to play a little game? (laughs) Now you can throw it the break. Uh, All right. (laughs) When we come back, the Diamondbacks open their season with the series split against the Dodgers, and that kind of feels like a win. We'll get into it next. It's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Welcome back. It is Wolf and Luke on a Monday morning. Wolf, we uh, broke one of the rules of radio. We already started talking about this segment during the commercial break. Okay. But that's how fired up we both are for this Diamondbacks team starting the season off. Two and two against the Dodgers. Look, 500's not, you know, that's not the ultimate goal. But two and two against the Dodgers when Zach Gallen had the rare bad start. He doesn't really have many of these. Uh, and if you're going to have them, it's probably going to come against the Dodgers. And Madison Bumgarner looked terrible on Saturday. And they still salvaged a, a two and two split with your winning pitchers. Dre Jamison and Andrew Chafin. Yeah, first of all, I didn't know that was a rule of radio that you couldn't talk about. Uh, I didn't know it was either until I I said it. Yeah, that was interesting. Usually you talk afterwards. That's number one, base on means. Number two, um, yeah, the game yesterday. Uh, I wanted this game so badly. I got so greedy yesterday. I No, no. You, you want to split, at least a split with the Dodgers. Can you at least get a split with the Dodgers? I know things haven't gone great. I know you've been outscored 20-7 to 7 in the series, yeah. okay? That could but be can, a problem. Can we just please... Get a split with the. I, I want it so bad. Vetter James, of course, my son, base owner. He's 13 years old, a baseball player, football player, basketball player, loves all sports. Uh, baseball, of course, is a sport that he's starting right now. 
We're walking around the compound, yelling out what's going on, watching this game, how badly we wanted it, and yet at the same time, both of us are walking in and out of the room because we can't stand it. When Cattell Marte, <laughs> you guys got are going to be a mess if they make the playoffs. Oh, it was just incredible. You know, the the emotions up and down. I wanted this game so badly for the D backs to start two and two against the. Dodgers, where you faced Udius, May, Kershaw, and Syndergaard with that lineup, and you split? Yeah, I could taste it. I could taste it big time. You'll absolutely, you'll take a split. And, and at least for me, Wolf, I, already, I, I can't get it out of the back of my mind. You've only got nine games against the Dodgers left over your next 158 games. And yes, four of them are coming up this upcoming weekend, too. But again, to me, there's an extra jolt, too. You started the season two and two. Okay, big deal. Well, no, you started the season two and two. And your first 10 games are against the Dodgers and the Padres. And when you get out of those first 10 games, you only have five games left against the Dodgers all season. Man. So you're right out of the gate. It's can you survive these first 10 games? I'll take five and five in the first 10 because... Because I think the D-backs are going to be better as the season goes than a lot of the other more just average teams they play. Yeah, well, you know, once again, we'll see. Um, I I hate overreacting the way that I am right now in regard to four games in a game where you play 162. Well, and there are issues that we'll get into later on in the show. And we're going to do that. There's no doubt about it, Luke. Everything was not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But right now, when you think of the Diamondbacks and winning, what do you think of? If If they are going to win, if they are going to be competitive, what do you think the DNA of a game might look like for them? A lot like it looked like in both of those wins. <laughs> Manufacturing runs. Yes. And I got to say, very pleasantly surprised by the bullpen in both those wins. Yes. The bullpen was huge. I, I would say pitching. I would say defense. And I would say manufacturing runs. And and that's exactly what they did in two of the games that they split with the Dodgers. And that encouraged me. I'm not going to deny it. That did. The moment, and I wasn't pacing the house like you were, but when, when, when Cattell got thrown <laughs> out at only, home. We only were doing that yesterday, okay? Because that's, that's, there's only been four games. There's a huge difference between one and three and two and two. There is, and there was no reason to pace on Saturday's game because it was 10 to one. I would have right. paced right out the door. Um, no, yesterday, though, when Cattell got thrown out, when Cattell Marte gets thrown oh, out at home, that, oh, that's man. when I was like, then I started to like, okay, I got to go get something to eat. I got to walk around. Like, what's going on? First out of the you get thrown out at home, but to exactly as you just By the said, way, Mookie Betts. Yeah, what, just don't run on Mookie. Wait, that's, Betts. that's yeah. I don't need don't to run. Do, on what are if, you doing? Even if Mookie's in the parking lot, I'll just stay at third. We'll knock. What you are you in. doing? But how about still manufacturing the run after that? Up to a Jake McCarthy bunt single to drive in the winning run. Can I, in a gross simplification of the truth, base and onions, the biggest hit, the biggest player of the game, Christian Walker. After that, Cattell Marte, disaster. And that's what I thought it was. How could you? You know, especially getting up. And this is overreacting. This has everything to do with the overreaction that I had going on. It's a lot easier to overreact this year for three reasons, okay? The team has 
legitimate upside. The games are so fast that you don't have time to sit there and think like, what am I doing? It's the fourth game of the season. It's just like, go! clock and get me totally derailed. And you just split with the Dodgers. You didn't just split with the Marlins. Oh my goodness. It was just... And then Cattell gets up. Look at it! Look at it! (laughs) Cattell, you never touched the plate! Well, okay. Don't look at that part. I, I I know exactly. You know they were they were contesting the fact that the catcher was blocking the plate, which he wasn't even close to blocking the plate, in my opinion. I, I've seen a close. lot worse. Let's put it that way. Um. Anyways, I, I'm I'm all over the place right now, and it feels so good to be talking about the Diamondbacks here. and being all over the place. Can we hear somebody else? Let me get you some Jake McCarthy. Let right me drive okay. this. Yo. Yeah, you go ahead and drive. Why don't you set ahead. this McCarthy clip up? Um, I just took a took a look over to the right side of the infield, and I saw that you know they were playing back. Figured it was a good situation. I figured I was getting something uh, hard and inside. So, uh, you know, I'm fortunate enough to get the bunt down and, uh, you know, just make a play. That's what we saw you do last year. Use that speed, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, first of the year, uh, you know, I was swinging. The balls weren't dropping or going through. So I figured try to get creative. Here's Tori Lovello, too, talking about getting the split despite not scoring a lot of runs. You know, we, we came in here and won a couple games, and I don't think we swung the bat as good as we possibly could have. Whether there was some, some you know, anxiety or just overall excitement, I don't know. But you saw little glimpses of it from time to time, and you saw some things that these guys are capable of doing with manufacturing a run. So Corbin gets a base hit, steals a couple bases. You know, we have a playbook. You guys know what it is. You guys know what we've been talking about all, all um, spring training long, and we're starting to execute it. We, we try to keep some things in the bag, and we did. But um, you know, we're still going to keep forcing the forcing plays and, and making plays happen. And that's what Corbin did. Man, you know that's what Corbin did. Uh, but I want to go to Jake McCarthy. He really struggled in this series, Mason audience. Jake McCarthy was struggling. Booted a ball in right field. Went 0 for 9 in the series. Then got hit by a pitch. And that didn't look good, did it? No. Getting hit by the pitch right there. It just, he got hit right on the, what, the right wrist, as a matter of fact. He had a rough series, and yet he made the biggest play of the series. He did. (laughs) With a bond single. It's almost kind of a a flip of how last season ended. Like, last season, the Diamondbacks started to look good. McCarthy had a monster second half last year, and obviously Corbin Carroll breaking in, and there were Alec Thomas in the field. Like, there were moments, Zach Gallen obviously going six straight starts without giving up a run. The D-backs started to look really good in the second half of of last season, but it didn't matter. Like, the standings were already what they were. Whereas this weekend, they didn't really look that good. They scored seven runs. But they still managed to split against one of the best teams in baseball. And so now it's almost the opposite of like, yeah, it didn't look great. You don't get any like style points, but you split with the Dodgers. And it sets you up potentially. You're not going to win. You're not going to go anywhere this season if you're scoring two and one runs every game. One right. and two runs is probably the better way to say Luke it. Luke Lipinski reporting. Yeah, let me write that down. One and you, you, you drive. I'll do the reporting now. Uh, but <laughs> I'm guessing you're not going to be facing Julio Urias and, and Clayton Kershaw all season. So you're going to actually have a better chance to score some runs. Yeah, I, I just, once again, um, going back to Jake McCarthy in the ninth inning and laying down the bun single to actually win the game. Oh, win the game. Sorry. Is that not the Arizona Diamondbacks in 2023? <laughs> I mean, that's that's exactly what we were hoping for, and that's what Vetter James and I were shouting in the compound. <laughs> Exactly what we were saying. It's just incredible to actually win this again. I don't want to overreact. 
It's 2-2 two and two on the season. But the Dodgers did win 111 games last year. And we all know what it means to go in there and get a split to start the season when you get outscored 20-7. to Didn't play anywhere near your best baseball, and you got two wins out of four against the Dodgers. And you only have nine games left against them this season. Like We can deal in reality. I get that everybody hates the Dodgers, but we can deal in the reality that they have the best lineup in the National League. They do. And and maybe San Diego's club. I mean, there's a couple other teams. But that's the team that has been your biggest issue the last few years. And any time you've really tried to even go anywhere, where they win the division every year and they beat everybody all regular season. Playoffs, different story. But regular season, they're an obstacle. And right now, four games into the season, they're less of an obstacle than they're typically going to be. Yes. Two and two, not great, but it sure beats the alternative. Texas, your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, all right, we've got a week left in the NBA regular season. There's basically four teams the Suns could play in round one. Who do you want and who do you want to avoid? That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings. I want to pop this one up, Luke. Settle down, everybody. Just settle down right now. What do you think? We're getting ready to walk out in a tunnel and waylay somebody? <laughs> You'll be going to their concert in five months. you know months. what you deserve? Okay, what do you got for me, Luke, right now? Before Captain Farrell totally derails the broadcast. All I have is, is Metallica for you. Uh, four games left for the Phoenix Suns. Three if you don't count the Spurs game tomorrow. Okay. Four games left for the uh, for the Phoenix Suns in the regular season. They seem fairly, I don't want to say like locked into to fourth place because, I mean, they're not locked in. But they're, they have a two-and-a-half game lead over the Clippers and the Warriors and then a three-game lead over the Lakers and Pelicans. So it, it certainly would appear the Suns are not only going to avoid the play-in, which is objective number one, Pretty good chance they're going to have home court in the first round of the playoffs, which is objective number two. You know, for me, once again, collectively as a team, a bunch of individuals that are coming together, and we all know the the malaise they were in when Kevin Durant was hurt. I, I think, and I said it at the time, it should have been a goal for the Phoenix Suns. Should have been a goal inside that locker room. I'm sure it was. Yeah. We want to remain the fourth seed or higher, of course, depending on what Sacramento did. We want to remain the fourth seed. That should be their goal going forward. And it looks like they're going to be able to hold on to that. They've won five in a row. They've had KD, obviously, for three of those. He was the leading scorer yesterday and on Friday. He's got 65 points in his last two games. I read you the, the numbers earlier, his numbers with the Suns. He's shooting over 60% and just about 52% from three and averaging about 27 points a game. And that's even with, you know, a minutes restriction in the first game and then, you know, his worst performance in the first game back with Minnesota, or against Minnesota, rather. Um, but all that adds up to, Wolf, we basically know it's going to be one of four teams they play in the first round, which I know is still pretty wide open. But you have a pretty good sense now that they're going to be the four seed, which means they're going to play the fifth seed in the first round. And that fifth seed's either going to be the Clippers, the Warriors, the Lakers, or the Pelicans. Okay. So, 
immediately one team does jump out of those four. I will grant you this. Golden you, State. You play Golden State, that's Golden a little bit State. different. They yes. know how to flip the switch this yes. time of year. Look no further than last season. Yes. And Andrew Wiggins, it sounds like, is expected back this week, which if you talk to anybody who follows the Warriors closely, yeah. they have been worried about their season because they weren't sure Wiggins was coming back. If he really is coming back, and if he's expected to be back this week, I'm guessing he'll be back when the playoffs start in two yes. weeks. Um they're a much tougher team. Much tougher team, especially on the defensive end of the floor. Yeah. <laughs> because Andrew Wiggins definitely has improved his game an awful lot on the defensive end of the floor right there. Um, yeah, I'm not going to disagree with that. I will say this. Um, as a former professional athlete, I'm sorry, I'm going to continue to think like a former professional athlete. I'm going to continue to think that way. It's never going to change for me. And because of that, I, I've... <laughs> I want to play the Warriors. Well, you're going to play them at some point, uh, I, I think. Well, you know, yeah. You want to play them in the first round? Yes. But let's go. If you're going to win it, win it. If you're going to be the best, beat the best. And I, you know, it's amazing to me right now. You look at, oh, look, the Denver Nuggets. How many games have the Denver Nuggets won, right? And yet, it's still the Warriors. Well, the Western the, Yeah, I mean, the war. They, well, they, yeah, they've won right? four titles. Yeah, in the, yeah, yeah, and they Forget just won about last the season. year. It's still the yes. Warriors. Well, there's, there's nobody in their right mind, if the playoffs were starting and, and, and Golden State's healthy, would rather play Golden State than Denver. In terms of just what gives me a better shot. Well, Golden State does this every year, it feels like. Now, I, I hear what you're saying. You're going to have to go through them at some point, anybody. If you want to win the whole thing, you're going to go ahead and beat you're the You're going to have to do it. But I'm just saying which path is easier. And now, where the Suns are, their path would likely take them through Golden State and Denver in the first two rounds if they're going to do this. So it's not going to be an easy path. Sure. Okay. You know what? I know you're getting ready to play some interesting sound right here. You don't know that um, it's interesting. Yeah. You know what? As a matter of fact, I'm going to let you play that sound, I, driver. Well, I got a lot here. So this is Jay Williams, who's on our show quite a bit, uh, talking about how the a potential Suns-Warriors matchup would be huge. One team knows who they are. Another team is trying to find out who they are and, and, and at a warp speed manner for the Phoenix Suns. And it's the Steph KD theme that max people like you. Oh, my. Oh, that's going to be the biggest thing we're going to be talking about in sports. That is the matchup. Uh, here's Chris Canty on Keisha. On Jay Will and Max today. Yeah, I think the storylines can create a dynamic where the players on the Suns do things that are out of character, specifically Kevin Durant, and that not, not necessarily lend itself to being the best version of yourself going up against a team who knows who they are. Like Golden State knows who they are. They know how to play, especially once we get to the second season. So when you do things that are uncharacteristic in a playoff environment with the level of intensity that's going to be there, I'm with Jay a thousand percent. That is a dangerous matchup for the Phoenix Suns. They got to try to avoid that at all costs. There's nothing they can do. I mean, there's nothing the Suns can do. They're basically in the four spot. How are they going to avoid it? Drop down to yeah. five? Well, then you're going to be playing the Warriors anyway, if, if, yeah. if it comes down to that. Uh, and they may very well play the Clippers or the Pelicans or the Lakers. I'll say this, Wolf. Assuming they are healthy through the rest of the regular season, which is four more games, I'm picking the, the Suns in the first round no matter who they play. Yeah. But the hardest team would be the Warriors. And, and I do think Chris Canty hit something right there. The Warriors know who they are. The Suns are trying to figure it out. I would argue Kevin Durant knows who he is. But if there's any team that might be able to get into his head a little bit where he tries to do too much, it would be the Warriors. <sighs> 
Yeah, you know, again, I, I'm sorry right now. I hear people say that I can't do something and I want to do it. <laughs> I want to I do it. And uh, I just, I, I don't know. I understand the reasoning on this. I do. It's Golden State. Are you kidding me? They do. They know exactly who they are. I, I understand that. But sometimes not knowing who you are might actually help you. Because if you know who you are, you know you have certain limitations as well. And I understand that the Golden State Warriors are a dynasty right now. But I honestly think the Phoenix Suns, with Kevin Durant right now, might be their worst nightmare. And because of that, let's go. Let's do it. If you're a Phoenix Sun and you're inside that locker room, isn't that right, Deep Book? You're like, bring it on. This is who we are as well, and you're going to taste it right now. Go out and compete against the best to be the best. Don't start manipulating the postseason and and start manipulating your matchups and who you're going to match up against. And, boy, we could actually get to the Western Conference Finals if we face this team as opposed to this team. You know what? There are no absolutes when you compete, Basinonians. There are none. If you're going to win the thing, you got to beat the best to be the best. Well, do it. I think the conversation that you're having right there actually flips the other way. The Suns are where they are. They're they're going to be the four seed. If they fell apart in these final four games, maybe they drop to the fifth. But either way, they're in that matchup. And if they win, they'll be playing Denver in the second round almost certainly. Just don't be afraid of who you're going to face. It's the other teams that might manipulate their matchup. We can talk about this more later on in the show. If you are, and I don't think Golden State's worried about this, but some of these other teams, do you want to play the Suns at full strength with Kevin Durant, or would you rather play Sacramento in the first round? That's the conversation. Are the Clippers looking and saying, I'd rather just hang out in six. That's fine. I'll play Sacramento in the first round instead of the team with Kevin Durant and Chris Paul and Devin Booker. All right, when we come back, we'll get over into football. Is there a scenario where the Cardinals would end up getting nothing for DeAndre Hopkins? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I want to know who my representative Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. And you back in. How can I explain myself? I feel like we've been having a lot of fun here on the show today, Wolf. Yeah. And Maloney's back from her. What did you call it last week? A sabbatical? Yeah, I believe it was over the top. Month-long sabbatical odyssey, I think I called it. I noticed you rounded up an extra week there, too. Why not? Yeah, Yeah, okay. (laughs) Anyway, everybody (laughs) say that's what you do, you know? I mean, it's three weeks, you go to four. (laughs) I'm not going to cast stones. I may have suggested that she entered the transfer portal, and we weren't sure when she was going. I don't know. So good. It's been fun. The Kevin Durant stuff. Sun's winning. I'm going to play audio here that's going to make everybody angry. Are you ready? Oh, oh no. Would, it at least made me angry. So I'm assuming it's going to make everybody else angry. Can we talk about Jake McCarthy again? Yeah, let's just do that. Let's, let's talk D-backs or Suns. Let's lay down. It just, 
go ahead and lay down the bunt single. That was awesome. In Dodger Stadium. Just be like, you know, I'll okay. just bunt this run home. All right. Uh, all right. This is Albert Breer on the Bedard podcast. The conversation eventually went to, you know, what's what's going to happen with DeAndre Hopkins? We got the NFL draft is three weeks from this Thursday is round one. Okay. And as you've said in the past, that's, that's really the only big pressure point left that might force a, a trade. Um, I've already been coming to terms with the fact that I'm not going to like what the, the Cardinals get in exchange for DeAndre Hopkins because I, I don't know how much it's going to be. There's reports they were asking for a second rounder and a player. If they did that, okay, I get it. And I would be relatively excited. And then there's talk in the last couple of weeks, maybe it's a third rounder. Well, how about this from Albert Breer, which I would go ahead and say is worse than a third rounder. I mean, some teams quite think they're going to cut him. I think the Cardinals are going to wind up cutting him. Oh, um, his market, his market is not great right now. Mm-hmm. And even for teams like, say, like Kansas City, like Kansas City would need him to take a significant pay, pay, pay cut. Yeah, he'd have to be like, take the Smith-Schuster deal from like right, a year ago. Right, right. So, like, I, I just, I don't, I clearly there's nobody that was willing to take on the contract and pay the Cardinals initial price. Yay. Yeah, you know, I honestly, all right, stop and think about this. Who's doing this, Loke? Who does this benefit? Well, we already had Buffalo last week basically say, there's no way we'd want DeAndre Hopkins unless something significant happens. Okay, uh, who does it benefit, Basinonians, to get this word out right now? The the Arizona Cardinals are thinking of cutting DeAndre Hopkins. Who do you know? When I hear that immediately, I think, okay, maybe Monty Austin Ford isn't getting the phone calls he was hoping to get. So now all of a sudden, why not go ahead and try to stoke the fire a little bit? We've seen the Raiders that, do no, this. Again, I'm not saying this has happened, based well, on well, we did. We saw the Raiders do this with Rodney Hudson. Rodney Hudson. That's exactly what they did. But this is uh, this is a very dangerous game because whoever is putting this out there, it also makes it look like you don't have to give up that much to get DeAndre Hopkins. They might just cut him. You know, it's interesting you bring up the Rodney Hudson thing because, once again, they traded their seventh-round pick, Rodney Hudson, and a, to the Arizona Cardinals for a third-round pick. That's what they did right mm-hmm. there. And we've been hearing about the, the whispering of the third round and, you know, not a second-round pick and whatever it may be. Maybe it's just a situation where the Cardinals would like people to start lining up at the door for DeAndre Hopkins because I don't think there's no way you were going to cut Rodney Hudson at that point in time. That was stunning to me, if you remember, when they, they released that. And, and then here you go. Oh, the Arizona Cardinals actually gave him a third round pick. I think this is exactly the tactic that is being employed right now. I think it's a little early to employ it. I, I will tell you that, but I'm a little surprised by that, but I think that's what they're probably doing. They want people to line up at the door. It would make sense. I, like I said, I think it's a dangerous way to do it, but it might be your, your last resort. But if I'm just taking it on the surface level, I understand there are complications for a team like the Chiefs if they're going to, you know, they can only pay DeAndre Hopkins so much because of the cap. I get that. On that level, I get teams not lining up. If you're telling me, that, well, I don't want to give up a second for DeAndre. I don't want to give up a third for DeAndre. Seriously? Yeah. I want a list of those teams that aren't willing to give up a third-round pick, and none of them should be allowed to win the Super Bowl next year. <laughs> if you're not willing to give up a third-round pick for DeAndre Hopkins simply because, yeah. then you don't... What are you doing? <laughs> if you're, you if, if you're that, a legitimate Luke, I contender... Know. I don't know. I, I'm with you on that. But here, here's the thing that's holding this up, Basin Onions. It's the contract. 
It is the contract yeah. of DeAndre Hopkins. It is the money that he's going to want. Now, now, here's the thing you've got to consider in this scenario right now, hypothetically. Would you rather talk to DeAndre Hopkins when it's just you, one-on-one? Or would you rather he hit the open market and you're a team, Brandon Bean, that's trying to sign him? When there's other teams out there trying to sign him because now he's a free agent. Chiefs, too. I mean, this falls into what you're saying, right? If, yes. he, if he just hits the open market, the Chiefs and Bills, their only leverage is their contenders. Yes. Because they can't pay him as much. Yes, yeah. exactly right. And, oh, you know what? There's some other teams out there that would be contenders as well. Contenders for his services, basically. And now, all of a sudden, you're shooting up the price of the contract. Would you rather go ahead and work a trade with the Arizona Cardinals where you can talk to D-Hop right now, where it's just one-on-one and negotiate a contract you can live with <laughs> right? right i feel it's not I feel even close a little bit better about this based on the the i'll give you a compelling compelling argument you're making here of why this might be happening now again it's kind of an act of desperation but that might be where they are if, if this is really what's going on because the draft's in three weeks and right now nobody's lining up for deandre hopkins yes but once again it was an act of desperation by the raiders well yeah and it worked it, it's, to perfection because that's what happens when you say oh we're gonna cut rodney hudson we're gonna cut him. What? Why would you? Why would you do that? Well, you, you got people knocking on your door suddenly, picking up the phone. Why would you? What do you want for him? You know, I'll give you a fifth round pick for him, a seventh round, whatever. You're gonna get something for him. I, again, I could be so far off on it kind of makes sense this is the sort of weird thing if you're driving around listening and be like ah wolf said he's lost it no this is the sort of weird thing that wolf (laughs) says and he's right on this is my experience with wolf sometimes you say things and i know you're going to be wrong yeah but when you say the stuff that's kind of out there and it's kind of it's like you say you are the grassy knoll knoll, yeah that's the stuff that kind of tends to come true pretty consistently well again this is a tactic that you're going to use if you're not getting enough phone calls if you're not getting somebody that wouldn't give you a third round pick and you want a third round pick hey find out quickly who's interested you know how you do that release the information (laughs) we're gonna cut deandre hopkins all of a sudden you're gonna get gm what hold on wait a six round pick you wouldn't take you know you're, you're gonna take something for him right no, we want a third round. Pick. Does this, you know, I'm just qualify saying. as this significant change Buffalo was talking about last week. Well, we're not. We don't want DeAndre Hopkins unless something changes That's significantly. Exactly right. Okay, well, he might just be out there and Carolina can sign him. Here's uh, more from Albert Breer. The Hopkins one's fascinating because they haven't really been in on it. Um, I know there's a. At least one team that's gotten permission to talk to Hopkins. To my knowledge, that's not been the Patriots yet. Um, I like. I, I think that was a no for a number of different reasons. I think it was a no because of the financial cost, because of the draft pick cost, which initially the Cardinals were asking for a two and something else. Um, it's because of the like the practice thing. Obviously, he's got like the attitude question in his history. Yep. Um, you know, but. Like if we're talking about this being a reclamation project where the price comes way down and he's willing to redo his contract, that could be where you're talking about something else. So yeah. like I think it was a non-starter at the price point, 
You know, could it eventually turn into something else? Maybe. Oh, he just said it right there. Yeah. The practice thing in the middle of all that. <laughs> what are you talking about? But he can catch anything <laughs> and everything. He doesn't need to practice to be great. Everybody remain calm. But that was him specifically talking about the Patriots, and I wanted to hear if he mentioned the practice at all, Wolf, because you've been saying that for a while. How would Bill Belichick sign a guy that doesn't practice on Wednesdays or whatever? Yeah, and he did. He threw it in there, just oh yeah, in the practice thing, because I don't. Yeah, well, I, I don't think DeAndre Hopkins has character issues. Okay, who was that? Who you just played right there? Albert Breer. Albert Breer. Okay, Albert, uh, what are you talking about? <laughs> D-Hop's already talked to these guys. He's good. You are going to practice, right, D-Hop? I mean, this is, this is where D-Hop needs to say, I'm going to change the way that I prepare for an NFL game. This is where he needs to do it. That's tough to tell a guy to do that, though, because the thought is, is instantly, oh, he's just lazy, doesn't want to practice on Wednesday, he's going to cut corners. But the way he has done it has really, really worked for him. Hey, Hob, man, I, I heard what you said to Bill Belichick and the respect that you showed Bill Belichick. Guess what, man? You're going to have to practice on Wednesday. All right? So if you want to go play for the New England Patriots, if you want to go play for Bill, you're going to have to practice. Okay? So you, you might want to rethink your preparation at this point in your career. Definitely doesn't feel like he's going to be playing here next year if anybody was still holding on to that. Uh, when we come back, who does Dave Pash think is going to win the national championship tonight? He's seen both these teams quite a bit. We're going to ask the ESPN broadcaster and the voice of the Arizona Cardinals next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.